the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. I told you, I told you what would happen. You took these Chicago Mafia Democrats, their philosophies, their failures, their corruption. You exported them to Washington, D.C. How quick the failures would be. And we've got a lot. Jobs number, joke. We're going to get to that later. I mean, not really a joke, but what it is is an indication as to they can't even lie successfully about the numbers. Kind of like Chicago. Kind of like Chicago, Illinois. I want to start off by pointing to something that uh, that upset me last night as I got home and watched the 10 o'clock news. And that was the shooting on the Ike where the son saved the father's life. He was shot on the Eisenhower. This is a something that doesn't really get a lot of attention, but we're averaging 20 shootings a month on our expressways. The shootings are indiscriminate. The shootings are perpetrated by the cockroaches of life, by the subhumans who know that they're going to get away with this. Gangbanger scum, whether they do it for the reasoning, who cares? Can you get in the reasoning of somebody so loathsome that they would wallow in their own destruction as they bask in the numbers that really are the indication of a war? So when all of this talk of war and chaos, the war is here, boys and girls, every single day. What has happened to the city of Chicago in the last two years is an atrocity. It was it was terrible before that. Terrible. But we were able to somehow glaze over it. Now you can't. Now the numbers are undeniable. Thanks to, as I'm looking at the site, Hey Jackass, everyone talks about the weekly numbers. Did you know that there are... 3,669 people that have been shot. That's a staggering statistic. Staggering statistic. And we now have the so-called scandal, which isn't really much of a scandal, more than the recognition. Kim Fox doesn't work for the people of Chicago, the people of Illinois, the good people. Kim Fox is a liaison to the bad people. Her policies, her practice, her business benefits the worst scourge among us. It's not political rhetoric, you moron. You, you peanut-headed moron. This is chaos. Absolute chaos. And what exactly, what exactly is the plan? See, because I can't help but notice Grady Preckwinkle. Her name's really Tony, but she looks a little bit more like Grady. You'll have to forgive me. I'm a fan of the 70s. Grady Preckwinkle comes out today and says, hey, there's no, no, no tax increases on your real estate. Number one, that's a lie. And for those people that pay real estate that are not paying corrupt attorneys to negotiate with corrupt judges like the Table of Wisdom LLC recipients on how to bribe judges and lawyers to get your taxes lowered to where you can somehow afford it. 
They're already raised and they go up every year. Even though your inadequacy and your failure destroy the property value. And you could tell that by just the people who've bought property in the last three years, in the last four years, in the last six years in Chicago. They're willing to take a loss and they can't get out fast enough. That's just the fact. I always like the expression, people are leaving Chicago like O'Leary's cow kicked the lantern over. Well, it's never been more appropriate than today, as you see what's going on. In the meantime, what's the plan? Because you, you got $8 billion, Tony Prockwinkle of Cook County. $8 billion budget. What she did is very similar to what her cohort and her, the mini version of Tony Prockwinkle called Lori Lightfoot with her little man vest on, what she was able to do with their budget. They're taking the welfare money from the federal government, from the COVID bailout, and they're cooking the books. If a company did this, if anybody did this, if anybody did this, they'd go to jail. These idiots get reelected. You know why? The people that put them in are bigger idiots. They're bigger idiots. Or they're the Elrukans. And I say Elrukans to encompass all gains because I love the old Jeff Fort story. After all, he's the first gangbanger to get a federal bailout of a million dollars for an after-school program, which he used not only to bribe other public officials, but as a recruiting tool so that the gangs would grow and grow and grow. And now it would be commonplace to pretend that this is a normal circumstance. But you've got all the welfare money. See, and that's one that changes to me a little bit. Because the way that they get this money is from other good-run states and the federal government, which is not good, which is not well-run at all. It's just corrupted now because you took a Democrat and you put him in charge of everything. So now the money's going to flow to the most corrupt areas and the most corrupt politicians in the country. That's just the way it goes. And we covered why Joe Biden was in Elk Grove Village yesterday. To the sham company that would not exist, would not grow if it wasn't bribing Democrats. Sorry, Clayco. That's just the way it goes. Rats. And now Kim Fox and Lori Lightfoot in the fight about this. This is the political banter that it gets everyone attached to and gets everyone caught up. But I want to focus on two people that were victims of this failure. Well, why isn't my audio playing? Hold on. Can you make it so my audio plays? Here, I thought you guys were listening to this. This is brilliant. It's from the Eisenhower, where the father and son were driving on the Eisenhower, and um, the father was shot. So let's try take two. The shooter um, had half his body outside the car. And, and, you know, I'm not sure which shot hit me. By all accounts, it's a miracle this man is still alive after being shot while driving on the Eisenhower Expressway last week. What do you consider that um, it's literally a week and half a day uh, since I had my um, carotid artery? And uh... Now I'll give you a summary. Sorry about the audio snafu. The summary is a father and son went to a hockey game on their way back from the hockey game. They were shot on the Eisenhower Expressway, like so many. Like the teacher who retired and wanted to go to the Sox game and was murdered, needlessly. Like so many other people. Like right now, how many people are planning their trips around the time of the most likelihood of assassination on the highways in the sewer of Chicago and the county of corruption known as Cook. The reality is, people, good people like this, you know how he did the interview? They hit his face, and they hit his son's face. You know why? He's afraid to this day. He's afraid of retribution from the very protected street gangs, drug-dealing scum that Lori Lightfoot and the Democrats really work for. Do you think it's bombastic? Do you remember 
what happened last year? Do you think it's any coincidence why they're robbing at just their, their attention? Northbrook, 66000 from Louis Vuitton. Go down Michigan Avenue. See what's going on on Michigan Avenue. R- major, major retailers pulling out. Property values imploding. So what's the plan, Democrats? What's your solution? Democrats say the defund police departments cost them quite a few seats last November. And the issue may come back to bite them once again. The Republican National Committee out with this scathing seven-minute video. Here's just a taste. So we've been talking about defunding the police. Uh, there's some issues that we ask police to do, like mental health issues or policing in schools and all the rest, that perhaps we can uh, shuffle some of that money around. Suck it up. Defunding the police has to happen. We need to defund the police. Mayor Eric Garcetti saying, take some of the money from policing, about $150 million. I applaud Eric Garcetti for doing what he's done. Not only do we need to disinvest for in police, but we need to completely dismantle the Minneapolis Police Department. Now, why would they want to do that? Why would they want to do that? It's the same reason they want to weaken voter registration and voter ID laws. They're supporting the criminals. Ta-da! It's revealed. Look, at I just revealed something that apparently every moron out there that votes Democrat is too stupid to figure out. They are protecting the scourge, the drug dealers, the murderers, the organized crime, which is now synonymous with the Democrat Party. They're so interwoven, you can't pull it apart, which is why politicians fly to corrupt companies to give their speech of fascism. It's all the same thing. The result is you are then afraid as a victim of the violence to show your face. When that's a that's a sin. That's a crime. And what that shows you is this is the way of the future. It's just like the European country countries. These these Marxist scum, these Soviet apparatchiks, idolize. Where the good people are now afraid of both the criminals and the government because they know the government isn't going to protect them. They have to fear both. So that's the new reality in Chicago. It happens exactly at the same time. As the COVID restrictions, as the shutdown, as the defund the police movement, as the nonsense has taken over our country. When two good people, two innocent people, have to be afraid to show their face, there's a problem in this country. This is the country where the law is to be the shield of the honest man, not the weapon of the fascist pig and the corrupt Democrat mafia member. But that sure is how it seems. So aside from the money that they're stealing from the other states and the other cities and the federal government. What's the plan? Hey, morons, what's the plan? We have to tell the truth about what's happening here. I just did. You work for the criminals, scumbag, peanut head, and so does Lori Lightfoot and so does Grady Preckwinkle. That's just a fact. You have no plan. Your idea is to make as much money and steal enough during the fall, during the corruption. You should be disgusted with yourself when law-abiding people are afraid to show their face because they're on to you, whether they have the courage to admit it or not. They don't show their face because they know the government cannot protect them anymore. And this is the way of the future in Chicago. Manage the collapse, in case you're not watching. And these numbers, 3,662 people, 16, it doesn't matter to them. They don't care. They're betting the under over on the on the Monday numbers from the weekend, just like everybody else who recognizes what the politicians in Chicago are corrupted, inadequate failures.
And they have a bright future in the Chicago Democrat Party. That's for sure. 312-642-5600. During the Fauci flu crisis and the usurpation of Americanism and all of our rights, the government, and this is Donald Trump's government, threw $6 trillion. Everybody's upset, and I'm upset, about the current bill and all the nonsense. COVID was an excuse to pump $6 trillion of funny money into the so-called economy. The amount of money that was misappropriated and stolen will never, ever, ever get an audit on that. And none of the 85,000 IRS agents will ever audit any of it. It's gone. The most connected, as it's said in Chicago, rightfully so, clout-connected political whores and pimps stole the most of that money. Now it's being factored in to cover up the failures of the cities and the counties, the states. That is the most corrupt. That is the largest failures. That the people, the good people, suffer the most. Yet what's the plan? The plan is to just steal the money. They have no plan to protect the citizen. So the, 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 the wonderful man who was shot taking his, his son. And by the way, they're older. The son's older. And they wanted to know why they were shot. There's a real simple answer as to why they were shot. They're two white guys driving in a Tesla. That's why they were shot on the Eisenhower. And for no other reason. Because it is Mad Max. It is post-apocalyptic. It is the Democrat dystopia that they tell you is a utopia. That's why. It's real simple to me. Milan on the south side. How you doing? Good. How are you, buddy? Very good. Kind of wondering why Cook County is paying $15 million a year to have all the sheriffs sitting all day in a town of 1,000 people uh, where majority of the time the cops are sitting around by the liquor store and not really doing nothing. But here we have all this crime going on in Chicago, people getting shot on the expressway, and we're spending $15 million a year for a town of 1,000 people that does not have a police department. Well, I think this is a look into the future. Because what they're going to do is get one bureaucracy to cover another bureaucracy's failures. And in the meantime, because of the climate of the way in which police are afraid, and rightfully so, and I understand this, and afraid is the wrong word, but are weary of really breaking up the problem because you have somebody like Kim Fox who guarantees to never prosecute the criminals. So think about it from that aspect. Let's say me and you, Milan, are cops. Would you want to be all excited and Starsky and Hutch, the criminals and the gangbangers and the scum, when you and I both know that the minute we drag them in, we risk our lives to drag them in, Kim Fox is going to turn around and let them go. That's how failure breeds failure. So I understand, and I think, look, I think you're right, but if you live in that little town, aren't you a little bit happy that they're there? Thank you, Milan, for the call. I appreciate it very much. This is a good call. Bob, Park Ridge. Yeah, this is Bob. Uh, the reason I'm calling, Sean, I want to, I'm I just joined the uh, Main Township uh, Republican organization because I don't see them doing a goddamn thing. So, uh, want to find out what 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 you would do for for pay or otherwise to engage in debates or make appearances uh, to. You're asking me if audiences. I would debate. I would love to debate anybody. Uh, I like the debate. That's, that's what I'm trying to find I, I, out. I would I... love the debate, but if you think that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to embrace the Illinois GOP run by a slip-and-fall lawyer who's more interested in getting some of the funny money that I rail against, right. some right. sort of an organization that would support a scoundrel and a scumbag, like, boy, pick a name, whether it's Brady, whether it's Durkin, whether it's Kinzinger, 
No, I'm not going to get involved. I'm going to go fight this from high ground, which is why, Bob, I am a Floridian, and that's where I will put up my biggest fight. Sorry, it's just the way I see it. Thanks for the call, though. Kurt Brookfield. Hey, I've got an idea. Let's get the FBI involved in this so they can fight crime. No, no, oh, no, no, no. The they're F- going to be too bu- They're going to be too busy chasing down uh, parents that are upset <laughs> with uh, critical race theory it, being taught. Is that and awesome? It, it wouldn't matter anyway because the AUSAs here don't want to sign search warrants. You go to Indiana, they sign them. You go to Iowa, they sign them. Here, you got to have an act of God to get a search warrant to get the bad guys. But unless, of course, that search unless, of course, that search warrant is going to be against a parent who's upset with the PTA, then the warrant will be signed. Then the Patriot Act will be invoked. Then the people will be raked over the coals and put into a prison camp. Kurt, you got to love it when the FBI admits and the DOJ admits that it is nothing but a political apparatchik of the Fourth Reich known as the Democrat Party. Thank you, Kurt, for the call. Very upsetting. Very upsetting. But that's why I feel that in neighborhoods like Chicago, and it is just, I mean, it's got a bunch of neighborhoods in it, but it's just a town, right? Just a city. However, it's got a polit- it's got an, a common denominator in that city. And that is no matter how much the people are abused by the mafia Democrats, they will continue to elect the mafia Democrats. So this type of failure, when good people have to be afraid to show their face because they know. At that moment, they will be victims all over again because the criminal, whether they are admitted or not, I don't think they have to, knows that their greatest asset is not an illegal AK-47. It's not the fact that fentanyl is streaming over the border in record numbers. It's not the fact that they control not just corners anymore, but entire neighborhoods and blocks. Their greatest asset is is Kim Fox. Show me where the state's attorney's office has made the community less safe. Everywhere, dummy. Everywhere. It's why good people are afraid to show their face on the news, you moron. There's not a bigger failure in existence with enough audacity and arrogance. Oh, boy, that's tough to call, though. We just had one with a dirty diaper in Elk Grove Village yesterday. He's now in Washington taking a nappy after his rice pudding. And we've got Jen Psaki who I think is really pulling the strings. What do you think about that? Did you ever see Moon Over Paradox? Don't forget. Today is Friday Features with Sean. One of the movies I, I, I always forget to mention is Moon Over Paradox. It's with Raul Julia and uh, Richard Dreyfus. And Raul Julia just needs a face to go out there. Just needs somebody to stand in front of the camera with his makeup on and spew nonsense. But Raul Julia was the real dictator. Kind of like Jen Psaki. Jen Psaki, I think, runs the whole show. And you know what that means? I love redheads. Always was attracted to a redhead. But you do not want to get on the bad side of a redhead. They will burn your car and, and, and set your clothes on fire. Jen Psaki's running the country. She's a mean Marxist. And she's got all the excuses in the world. We're going to cover more lies after my next guest. One thing I miss about Chicago and Illinois when I'm walking the beach in my Speedo, is the people. I think we do have the best people. I really do. I just like them. Even when I don't like them, I like them. Because they used to have such good character. They used to not be afraid to discuss right and wrong. I think we're losing that, but there are people out there that continue to promote that. Mark Kunkel, and I'm probably butchering your name, Mark, but that's what I do. I do love your publication at patch.com. How are you? Thank you for joining me. I'm good. Hey, thanks for having me on. So you wrote this article. I had to get you on. Tony Preckwinkle 
cannot take a hint, announces re-election bid. It is true. She's a very hard woman to like, isn't it? Isn't she? Well, I mean, I don't know personally. Um, Just from what we know politically, though, when you see the skullduggery. Given given what we've learned during the mayoral election um, about how she conducts business and how she isn't the politician that she says she is, or actually she isn't the school teacher, quote unquote, that um, that she says she is. Uh, yes, it's it, it, it's hard to reconcile those two things. And you know, I always have wondered. Um, when I was a kid growing up, we had really good investigative reporters like John Drummond, the Bulldog. You remember him when we were kids? Uh, John Drummond, I, I remember him. Yeah, and I used to love how he was aggressive with politicians, and he was actually looking for some of the scandals that we now just take as regular news, such as the the uh, overstating of resumes, the corruption of taking government bailout money, government COVID money, and cooking it into the budget, and then pretending you're doing your job by not announcing tax hikes, when the reality is, to me, you're just cooking the books with a billion dollars of COVID money. This is stuff that the um, the old reporters used to go after. Um, are you surprised at the lack of reporting on these scandals from ComEd with Mike Madigan to Ed Burke and you pick a scandal? Are you shocked by it? I mean, I think that I think there's I think there's plenty of reporting going on when it comes to investigative reporting. Um, you know, not as much as before. I mean, obviously because there's not as many investigative reporters. Um, not as many reporters anymore now. The Tribune had the, the mass layoff, but I, you know, I think that you know the thing that I've written about that concerns me when it comes to local news media is you know the, the tendency for stenography. You know, there's a and um, the hyping of hyping of conflicts um, above 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 all all else, and also when it comes to elections, especially in you know all Democratic. Chicago and Cook County is to immediately call someone a front runner because of who they're endorsed by, whether it's the CTU or, you know, the Chicago Federation of Labor. So, I mean, I, I don't know if I, I, I agree with your premise, but I, I think that there are some things we, you know, that are, that are concerning about, you know, how uh, news gets covered um, uh, from my perspective, at least. I think that also it, it explains the kind of the normalization of the kind of chaos that you wrote about with your Chicago vic- victim reflecting how, how crazy things are. The reality is this is not something that happened overnight. It's something that, in my opinion, has been covered up over decades. And um, when this shooting happened on Grand Avenue and I saw this young man riding his bike who was shot, his name is T.J. Corey, you did a story on him. Can you tell me a little bit more about him? Because I actually... Uh, I was so disgusted by yeah. it that I turned it off. Well, well, he was um, he's a guy who works um, as a data scientist for a grocery uh, uh, a grocery company downtown. Um, he sails over at the Monroe Harbor, and he was riding his bike from Wicker Park down Milwaukee Avenue towards uh, towards the harbor, and on a divvy bike, and you know felt that his leg go numb, and he went down on the sidewalk, turned out he was shot, and there was the, the rolling shootout that was going on between at least two cars that um, went into the West Loop. And he's a 25-year-old professional that moved to Wrigleyville and then Wicker Park. And he's one of the people who's driving the minuscule alleged um, increase in uh, population in Chicago 
And I, I just talked to him um, about whether or not, you know, I, I asked him, well, you know, isn't everybody telling you to move back to Naperville, which is where he's from, and what do your parents think? And, and um, he, you know, his answer was basically to say that, and I think he might be in shock about it, but to not think that he was shocked, think that he was just in a freak accident. But the reality is in Chicago is that, you know, for a long time, and I've written about this, and I've been writing in Chicago for over 20 years, is that, you know, a lot of people who live in the wealthy parts of town think that, well, oh, the shooting is a problem over there. It's easily avoided. And I guess over the last few years, especially with this, you know, civil unrest, you know, it, it's starting to happen in the Gold Coast. It's starting to happen in the West Loop. It's popping up in places. And it, it's not um, as prevalent as, you know, Inglewood or Roseland or, the, you know, the West Side in Austin. But it's happening when it wasn't happening. Carjackings are happening next to a Latin school or shootouts on Division Street, you know. But there's always been pockets of, of, uh, of violence all over the city. Um, and I think that, you know, it, there's been you know, a big spotlight on it um, these days because it's happening in the rich part of town. Are you shocked by the lack of planning? They, have, they seem to have no plan to me. I don't see an objective. In fact, what I see them doing is perpetrating more failure. And I think it's understandable when you see Boeing and the building that the people have paid for for 20 years. We've been giving them certain incentives as they plan to vacate at the end of the year. When you see Michigan Avenue completely boarded up, when you see people that are, you know, I I saw this kid interviewed and it was really something to watch. You know, mom, don't freak out, but I'm shot. Well, as a parent, that's the last thing you want to get. And, you know, it's a boy. You may say, hey, what do you think? I want you to move back. That's, you know, your daughter. You go grab her by the hair and throw her in the car. Are you do you think it's going to be more of people? And that's this. It is a mass exodus from the city and from Cook County and from Illinois in general. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I I don't think so. I think that you know, I think that you know, when it comes to specifically the Chicago Police Department, you know, there's a lot of people who question whether or not the uh, top cop David Brown, you know, has a legitimate crime fighting strategy and whether or not it's working. You know, there was a big brain drain in the police department. A lot of people retired. Um, a lot of the brass retired. Um, and we've seen that that's been, um, uh, that's been a problem. Um, so, you know, uh, I, 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 I think that, you know, we are on the verge of, you know, what people are saying, what the mayor has said is that we're on the verge of chaos. You know, there's, there's a problem with, you know, the perception of whether or not the state attorney prosecutes um, repeat gun offenders, um, you know, um, the number of people who are AWOL on the electronic monitoring list, you know, we don't know where these people are, um, what we're doing about that. Um, I think there's a, you know, there's a, there's a legitimate reason to be concerned and people are concerned. And, you know, the closer we get to elections, that's when politicians get concerned. And, um, you know, but I think that you know we got to be careful not to overblow it. I mean, I know this is a radio show, but no, I don't. Know. I don't think I'm overblowing it. I look at it as not a radio show. I made this decision. I put my money, and I took myself out of this circumstance. Ironically, right prior to getting a radio show in Chicago. But I think if you are looking at it from the smart move, to think that it's merely an upper echelon agreement when the trend is really quite obvious. I, I mean, I hope you're right. I hate to see it collapse, but to me to risk your future and your money and your, your legacy by children 
here. To me, I, I, I don't see it. But I want to give you some time. Now, you've got thepatch.com. You've also directed. Am I right? You've directed it and written documentaries. You've worked on docu- documentaries. In no, I've, been a, I've been a producer, and, and I've written documentaries of you know, Chicagoland on CNN. I was a producer on that, and uh, I, I, wrote, I, wrote, I wrote, helped write that. And I was a senior producer on Time, the Khalif Browder story on uh, uh, so I've got one for you. I don't know if you yeah. saw, there's a Cook County judge, and this judge um, wanted to go after a mother and uh, over the whole vaccine thing. She's not vaccine, he wanted to keep the mother. He also um, wanted to, he, he dressed down a, a minority man because he wasn't going, um, you know, for the, the vaccine, and he told him, you know, basically you're, you're not smart and all this. So the judge turns out to be... Um, on a Table of Wisdom LLC investment group, all right? And the investment group has another Cook County City judge on it, sitting judge. And the judge, it, they're all tied into Ed Burke. Now, I've been around a long time. I don't know. You're a Southsider, right? You've been around a long time. Um, and the, the judge with Ed Burke, I think that Ed Burke and Mike Madigan, to me, are the most successful mob bosses in world history, at least American history. And I think a documentary following their career, following Ed Burke and Rush Street all the weekends with all the different girls married to the Supreme Court, I think this is a good documentary. I mean, I'm, I'm pitching this because I want to star in it. And you're a big producer. So I, I think this is something we could workshop. We could come up with it and expose the most successful Chicago mafia. It was not the one run by the little chubby Italian guy named Al Capone. It's the lean little Irishman named Mike Madigan, and his big, tall cohort named Ed Burke. And to this day, it has an investment group, the Table of Wisdom. You're going to find this fascinating. Table of Wisdom that still operates and mainly puts its investments in tax auction property, which is controlled the tax auctions. After they fail, right, the people move out, they sell them at, they don't pay their taxes. They're literally grabbing property at a tenth of the value. I mean, don't you think this is an interesting documentary? I mean, it's, it's very interesting. All right. You well, know, I mean, Ed Burke is an interesting guy just in himself. I mean, from the way his father became an alderman, uh, because uh, some guy from Bridgeport died, to how you know he took over for his, his, his father, and you know went from being a policeman to a guy in pinstripe suits. Yeah. To uh, federal, you know, eventually a federal courtroom. But yeah, it's, I think it's. A, we could do it. Come on, the the, the the big gold Rolex, the pinstripe suits, right in your face, daring people to catch, and even now under indictment. All the paper. What does this guy do? He shows up at the meetings like nothing's wrong. I mean, it's it's got all the makings. I tell you what, when we win an Oscar, I don't mind if you thank me during the uh, Ricky Gervais insults after he announces us. What do you say? <laughs> all, right. all right, we're gonna workshop it with with Bunny. Thank you so much for joining me. Check him out at thepatch.com, and uh, I'll let you know when we drop the documentary. Thank you again. Thank you. All right, take care. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. The two judges who I was referring to are Michael Tuman and James Shapiro. See, this to me is a story that needs to get out, and I wanted to talk to a Chicago writer, Pulitzer Prize winner. Chicago writer Mark Kunkel is who I had on, and he's a Southsider. He lives in Chicago, and I wanted to ask him, you know, what do you think is the cure? What do you think is the future? And, you know, I, I was a little, I'm a little shocked that everyone doesn't recognize it, but I get it. 
sentimentally, you're a Chicagoan, right? I mean, that's what you tell yourself to continue to practice, that this is not a, an emergency. Oh, it's an emergency. And even, you know, if we disagree philosophically or the premise, my premise, whatever the case is, it's undeniable the reality of what the hell is happening. This is a major scandal. You got two Cook County judges, a gangster by the name of Ed Burke, his Don, his capo de capo, Mike Madigan. It's organized crime. This is not a normal circumstance, but it does explain how you tell yourself it's just a brain what do you call it? Brain drain at the top echelon. It's not a brain drain. It's corruption through and through to the root of the problem. And until you recognize that, and you pretend these 50 thieves are anything but, and keep calling them aldermen, you're going to perpetrate the, the, the very same acceptance to this. And that's how 100 years of one-party rule, it's normal now. And you hope the Lori Lightfoots of the world and the turf, her big version of her, Tony Prockwinkle, and their pretend cop in a costume. He's not even he's not Commissioner Gordon. They hired him to come in and be a face of failure. Because you don't want to rip it out by the root. The root is the corruption. And who are you going to go to? The judges? Well, Ed Burke's got that covered all the way up to the Supreme Court of Illinois. So I I I mean I don't know much about Mark. He's a nice guy. He's a friend of Bunny. Seems like a wonderful fella. I hope the best for him and the patch.com. But until we get John Drummond's back. Until we get investigative reporters, we're just going to have fired up with Flannery. What the hell do you do? I bring on these shysters to sell their BS to the people, and we pretend it's normal. By the way, he's wrong. Chicago is a sewer, and if you put your money there, you're a dummy. You deserve to lose it. If you can't get out and can't recognize it, figure something out. Call David Hochberg, refi the equity, and buy something somewhere else. It's a shame, but as you can see, there's no urgency by the Democrats to fix this. None. Zero. Zip. Just hope we get a new change at the top. That ain't going to cut it, kid. Ain't going to cut it. Kim Fox, number one to go. I don't know how she. you're going to wait to reelect Kim Fox or election if this isn't failure of duty. She's not incompetent to uphold the duty she's sworn to do. What, what more evidence do you need? I mean, because we had an eight-year-old shot. I listened on the way in. I listened to Tom Beck. Does it matter anymore? Eight-year-old. I mean, we had a one-year-old shot. Did that matter? Murder, mayhem. Gang fights, gang shootings, innocent people go to a Hawks game, go to a Sox game, killed. Ah, this is terrible. Just must be, we got to just figure it out from the top down. There is no tomorrow in the collapse. There is no tomorrow. There's just lower and lower and lower in the sewer, in the failure that is a Democrat philosophy. This is why. Separate yourself from the Democrat philosophy. It's a loser philosophy. It never succeeds. It only loses with excuse. And that's all you're ever going to hear from a Democrat. More excuses. More, hang on, it'll get better. You hang on. I'm out of here. 312-642-5600. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. All right. Now we go to the wheelhouse. Exposing I am the resistance. 
to the American Soviet. Right here, this show. We are the resistance to the Marxist takeover of America. Soviets. Undeniable. Salome, Solmi, whatever the hell this communist name is. Arova. She was the nominee, or she is the nominee by the, Repub- by the Democrats that the Republicans are questioning, and we find out she's got the University of Moscow, the Lenin Scholarship, her paper on Karl Marx. She was going to be the Comptroller of America. That makes sense. Let's put a communist in charge of the currency of the free country. Yeah, that's about right. It's pathetic. It's disgraceful. Less than 24 hours ago, Mitch... Old lady face McConnell throws them a lifeline of four hundred and eighty billion, but there's a tell in that number. Four hundred and eighty billion gets them one month. That's of credit. CNS News. So far this year, we have averaged three hundred and eighty-eight billion dollars, billion, a month in tax revenue. See, the government doesn't have money. It doesn't pay for anything. What the government does. How this works, if we can bridge Econ 101 to Econ 102, is the government redistributes money. That's how it works. It doesn't have any damn money, but it has credit. So it takes the $388 billion that it's extorting from the people through various forms of extortion. And now it borrows $480. Now we learn that's what it needs a month. One month. Explains how it was able to print up $6 trillion in COVID emergency money and pump it out. In the meantime, what it's doing is it's trying to make the public believe that their economy is growing from us, we the people. We, that are not subsidized directly from the credit scheme that is the American economy. So every month it has to release employment numbers. This is how it keeps the people from lighting torches. Every month it, it releases the employment number. Now they've been cooking these books for decades. My favorite part, most people don't know this, there used to be just an unemployment number. But thanks to that intern molesting scumbag, the only man in America who cheated on his wife and everybody understood why, Bill Clinton, he was able to create and perpetrate what is really a fraud right before the American people's eyes. He broke the employment numbers into six categories. And they give you number three. And they hope that number three, they can fraud enough to keep you happy. They never want you to look at what's called the U6 number, which is terrible. Terrible. And now we've got this dimwit, this failure at everything he's touched. But he puts on a suit. He goes and lies to the American people. And thank God there's enough morons that believe that Joe Biden is telling the truth. That's the only thing that kept him out of prison. Because this scumbag should have been in prison long before he became president of the United States. Well, now he's there. And now his apparatchiks are panicking. Because this last unemployment number, after all of the funny money and the $6 trillion and the Mitch McConnell half a trillion dollar extension on the credit card, even they are having a hard time. This is from CNBC. I think the number, getting to your point about, uh, you know, workers having, uh, sorry, companies having a hard time getting workers in this environment of uh, endless stimulus, uh, the number from this morning's report to focus on is 183, minus 183. That's how 183,000 people dropped out of the labor force in September. That's an amazing number, and it's not a good one. And they want you to believe that 
The economy created 194,000 jobs. And they're disappointed by that because it's supposed to be 500,000 jobs. But nobody ever talks about this very crucial number. Where did they go? 183,000 people who had jobs. Where'd they go? Well, some retired. Some quit. Some were fired. But they're gone. So you keep buying this absolute abject lie that our economy is producing anything. It is not. It is a redistribution of welfare. And even they can't keep up. They can barely keep their head up with numbers they lose on a monthly basis. That's why every week 400,000 reply for unemployment. And then they just take the numbers. And what do they do with the numbers? They're cooking all the books. So as they release these IRS, right, that believe me, this bill that we pretend isn't going to pass. Oh, it's going to pass. You saw Mitch McConnell just cave again. Here's another half a trillion dollars and nobody gives a rip where that money goes. When they hire all these auditors to come after the people, the good people like you, like everybody you're related to, that go to work, that produce, that hang on by somehow existing on 50% of what they make. That IRS isn't going to be auditing these scoundrels. They're not even going to be looking at where in the hell is the $6 trillion that Trump cooked up, let alone the $5.5 trillion that Biden wants to cook up, or the three he already has. They're not going to look at this money, because this money has been funneled out to fraud, you people. To fraud us all. They've been lying to us all. And in the meantime, it's to cover up their failures, to cover up their welfare scheme. The welfare scheme, you'll be distracted over the welfare scheme of to the companies it goes to. That's why the most important thing Joe Biden said in his economic address three weeks ago was that we are going to increase $2 million. It was $500,000 for the PPPP, the PPPP, whatever the hell scheme they came up with, to $2 million. For anybody, any moron with an LLC, anybody with an LLC who says, I'm going to keep my workforce, I'm going to expand my business, I'm going to invest, $2 million. This is why... Mitch McConnell had to give in because he's got fundraisers. This is the big season for fundraisers. This is when Republicans get together. They, they pick a real ritzy spot that you aren't going to be able to go to. Some of you who drive DoorDash might be able to drop off some food in case they run out of it or booze. But this is fundraising season for the corporatists. So the jobs numbers are abysmal. Absolutely and totally abysmal at best. On off the presses, a brand new jobs report, a look at the state of the economy. Chief business correspondent Christine Romans with the new details. What does it say? All right, let me just run through the top line numbers for you here, John, because it's a real brain teaser. 194,000 net new jobs added, way less, way less than anybody expected, and less than last month and the worst of the year. It's the worst ever if you counted it properly and minus the 183,000. Of course, you get to you get to rejigger the numbers from last month. Ooh, let's recalculate. Let's recalculate. It's how Illinois only lost one congressional seat versus the two that it should have lost. Let's recalculate. And in the meantime, the the Gestapo calling themselves the IRS, the intimidation extortion wing of the Fourth Reich, will be released on you people. It'll be released on you people. Now it does explain why the polling numbers are so low. You wouldn't believe it. They want us to believe that 81 million, 81 million people voted for this idiot in diapers. He's only got 38 percent. I know you probably like to talk about polls and you might say that they don't mean anything, but 
um, it's also fair to say the White House, when there are good polls, you, you publicize them. So what do you make of these really terrible polls? Uh, are they that he's doing something wrong? Is it just the communication? Or is it he's doing the popular things that have to be done? Or something else? Sure. Well, look, I would say that this is a really tough time in our country. We're still battling COVID, uh, and a lot of people thought we'd be through it, uh, including us. Thank God it's only killing 0.5% of all the people that infected. 99.5% survival rate. Thank God for all that. In the meantime, while you're looking at that, they're nominating communists to be in charge of the currency. They're subverting our capitalist economic system on purpose. Because what they don't want you to recognize is that 50%, over 50% of people in this country are on one form of welfare or another. Their goal isn't to fix that. It's to get another 10% on. So don't get excited when their polling numbers collapse. Because they're not just celebrating Donald Trump falling off of the Forbes 400. They're celebrating you being forced to take their inflation sinking lower and lower in the freedom of your own economy, knowing that your options are less and less and less. Because what they've learned from great examples like Chicago, New York, California, once the people are on the dole, they become the Democrat base. Those are the ones they can't import by luring them here with welfare programs and free education and free health care and everything they're going to cram in this bill 2500 pages that they say each page spawning hundreds of pages of ambiguity each page isn't about something you're entitled to dummies each page is a restriction on the free people this is what's happening and the mindset of the slave just accepts it that's the one thing i got from interviewing our 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 last guest here you are a lifelong chicagoan a lifelong Chicagoan. You got our publication, the rest of it, and you still think it's the upper echelon. You're adopting the mind of a slave. Just focus on the shiny object rather than the root cause of the problem. The root cause of the problem is policies that not only put people on welfare, but destroy those still people that want to create jobs and a benefit to society jobs in america this morning the september jobs report is out the economy added 194,000 jobs for the month of september that missed economists expectations they were calling for job creation of half a million 500,000 after 183 popped out for those of you cps student that's 11,000 jobs maybe how many of those are government funded how much of this keynesian nonsense can we take before we admit it takes $868 billion a month to fake our economy. That's just the fact. That pool of private economy gets smaller and smaller and smaller, so their extortion of it must be greater and greater and greater. Problem is, there's too many of them in on the scam. There's too many of them. They gave you the blueprint how to survive. Just do your taxes like Joe fracking Biden. Just get an offshore account like Abe Pritzker. And you, too, can leave money to your necklace grandson who can one day become the governor of a corrupt city and state. Ah, that's the pattern. Start thinking like a low-life mafia Democrat if you want to survive this. Run the high ground. 312-642-5600. Goodness, I like that. But you came along and you Dated his first cousin. That's a merit, I think. That's all right. 
So did Einstein. You knew that, right? Einstein was married to his first cousin. That seems a little creepy. Ah, the world's a funny place. So is the economy. Jim in Naperville. Hi, Jim. Hey, Sean. How's it going? Very good, buddy. How are you? Great. Listen, how is uh, how are the uh, tens of millions of undocumented or uh, uh, aliens that are already in this nation being accounted for? All right. Now, listen. You got to be very careful because we got a lot of UFO sightings in Chicago and all the rest of it. You mean the illegal? Alien. You, you mean the illegal, the illegal no, migrant? I don't know what the hell we call them anymore. Let's just call them Democrats. Go ahead. Right. Exactly. The, the Democrat voters. Uh, yeah. Then that, that, that vote three times. Because I, I don't know. Uh, Did you I see the UFO story in Chicago? Did you see it? No, no, I didn't. Oh, I, I was on the. I, I didn't see it because I was on the spaceship, man. All right. Well, I got to get the <laughs> UFO story. Then we got Mothman is spotted in Chicago. That might be the only hope if the aliens come down and uh, figure out how to stop the Democrat mafia members from ruining the city. But go ahead. You're talking about the ones that are fl- the, running to the but yeah. The, but then we got the ones running across the border now. The tens of thousands or hundreds of uh, thousands. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then we have the tens of thousands that are are being given a ticket. And expect and uh, with no uh, you know expectation for them to come back, but given the uh, legality to get driver's licenses and so on, so they're supposed to have I guess some level of documentation. I just don't I don't I'm wondering how that's accounted for with their figures. You know they cannot they cannot account a, they cannot account for anything. They cannot account for any of the of of this number. But here's here's the real thing to focus on with the with the border issue that I find that I haven't heard anybody bring up Kamala Harris went on tour just a little while ago, reinstating the policy of bribery to the most corrupt third world governments in South America in order to to entice them to keep their people from running to the border. Instead, those billions of dollars have been taken by these third world corrupt banana republics, and their people are still fleeing to the southern border. In some cases... In some cases, they're actually incentivized with Joe Biden help me T-shirts. So, yeah, that's a big problem, Jim. And ironically, they've never been cooked into the numbers. This has been an ongoing problem where both Republicans and Democrats have been deceptive in giving us these economic numbers. Because don't forget, I, I blame Clinton for breaking apart the unemployment numbers into six categories and lying to us. That lie was perpetrated by George W. Bush. And I'm sorry to tell you this, that lie was perpetrated and told again by Donald Trump. So this is a problem where either we're going to go to honesty and we're going to give real numbers of real businesses and real LLCs and, and people that are not attached to government handouts for, for the economy, or we're just going to continue to fall in this Keynesian soiree. Thank you for the call, Jim. But this is what I want to do. I want to actually fix things rather than chant people's names and pretend the Republicans are helping. They are not. Donald Trump had some fantastic policies. He also did some really dumb things. Sorry. And the number one dumb thing that he did was to shut down the economy with the intention or the faith that Democrats would help him turn it back on. That was what they needed to forever change this country. And when the autopsy of the American collapse is done, that will be the cause of it. Because now we've allowed them to perpetrate that lie to our people. And you know how you fix it? Reestablishing the truth. You have to be willing to tell the truth. The truth is this American government has bankrupted what was once the richest country in the world. 
They bank government, government bankrupted. Now, here's the thing. Maybe when it's all said and done, people will realize there's actually no such thing as government. They're just people that you give this authority over you. Like Soleiman Amarova, the Lenin recipient of the University of Moscow. Who the hell even knew that they had it at university that somehow that an American would put it on their resume and it would become a quality, an asset to be the comptroller of America. That is prima facie evidence. We do not have a Democrat party. We have a Soviet party. We have a choice to make, and that's to clean up the Republican Party. Because you know how we're going we're gonna to fix this? Is if we can get representation in this republic. Because if you're a capitalist, if you believe in American principles and American fundamentals, you do not have a representative aside from a handful A handful of senators and congressmen. A handful. And do you live in their district? Something tells me if you're listening to this show live in Illinois, in Wisconsin, in Indiana, in Michigan, where we're broadcast, you don't. So we're going to figure out how to clean up this Republican Party, and we're going to do it by rejecting those politicians like old lady face Mitch McConnell, those scum scoundrels like Adam Kinzinger, and 98% of all Illinois Republicans. I'll give them 2% because there's a couple of guys out south. There's Ray Bine who wants to get in, and there's a handful of others. Other than that, better start identifying it. Better start speaking the truth. That's the only way it's going to change. 312-642-5600. I fell into a burning ring of fire. Johnny Cash. Down, 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 Love Johnny Cash. And the Can't help it. Went higher. And it burns, burns, burns. Yeah, Chicago Fire 150 years ago. Misty Callahan, do you not understand I know everything? I'm kidding. I'm joking. I don't know everything. But I love, I love the economy. I love capitalism. I love Americanism and liberty. I just happen to like Johnny Cash. Um, and I'm well aware of the 150-year anniversary. I have an, an attorney who I love to death who was one of my customers at the cigar store. And he came in and we had to watch a documentary. I've already watched a documentary on the Chicago Fire. And uh, one of the things about economics is when you study them, you have to study exactly who's responsible and how, in fact, their work has been bastardized. John Maynard Keynes is an interesting cat. I call it Keynesianism. What we have right now is the bastardization of Keynesianism. If you look at John Maynard Keynes, aside from being a sexual deviant, he really was. Uh, Very scandalous how he died. You can look it up for yourself. But John Maynard Keynes is why we have the Bretton Woods Agreement. John Maynard Keynes was a disgruntled capitalist who lost all his money in the stock market crash in 1929 and uh, thought for sure there had to be a problem with capitalism. So he became a Fabian. He wanted governments to control the ebb and flow of an economy. However, the interesting part about John Maynard Keynes that most people don't know, he only believed that 3 to 5% of a GDP should ever be controlled or reinvested or directed by a government. Right now, America used to say that we have 25% Keynesian economics, where the government takes 25% of the revenue and directs it and picks its favorite charities and its favorite industries and nonsense. We're actually much, much over, probably closer to 42% if you factored it out. So when I say Keynesianism, it's the bastardization of Keynesian. If we would have stuck to the Keynesian 3% to 5% of government-controlled economy, that wouldn't be perfect for me. I want zero, but it'd be a hell of a lot better than what we got today. Ken Evanston. Hi, Sean. Thanks for taking my call. Anytime, Ken. 
I just want to um, say, first of all, Friedman made all that crap up. Iceland listened to him. They had to nationalize their banks because they were stupid enough to listen to him. He literally made that stuff up, and you people are stupid enough to believe it. It's nonsense. Made what stuff up? you got to be a little clearer. Oh, the Chicago School of Economics, all of it. It's It's nonsense. It's fraud. It's fraud. You mean capitalism? Made up. It's made up fraud. You mean capitalism? You mean free no, markets? No, I mean the Chicago School of Economics, Milton Friedman, and all his understudies. You mean you believe so, in? So Austrian economics is fraud. Chicago School of Economics, Milton well, Friedman, it, and all his understudies. He's an Austrian economist, and it's it's Frederick Hayek. Milton Friedman's not Austrian. It's not Milton nationality. American. It's not nationality, Evanston. It's not nationality. It's the Austrian School of Economics. No, it's the Chicago School of Economics. Where did you go to school, John, or Ken? Where did you go to school? Northern. You Northern went to, Illinois. You went to Northern Illinois. My degree is in economics. Yep. And you have a degree in economics from Northern Illinois. So you, you're the yes, Chicago the Chicago 8 and um, their work with Chile, that's made up? That's got nothing to do with anything. It, it kind of does because it was a despotic no, communist failure that the Chicago 8, Milton Friedman included, went down. Yeah, and, let's, and, let's talk about the despotic communist failure of Sweden and Denmark and Scandinavia in general. So you're a liar. It's a failure. And you're an economic. You, you, you're, you're supposedly an economic major. And you're saying that Milton Friedman. I got A's in economics, dude. You got what? Straight A's. Yeah, you saw. Straight A's. And you live in Evanston now and you think what? That Keynesianism. Go ahead. Keep going because this is riveting to me. Keynesian okay. economics. Go ahead. Keynesian is the alternative to Friedmanism, and Friedmanism is a complete made-up fraud. Well, Friedmanism is a recognition of is made-up fraud. You keep calling it Friedman. It's, it's a recognition of Adam Smith. It's an understanding of, of capitalist principles, free market principles. No, actually, principles. You're, and you're, what so, you're, you're so wrong. Adam Smith. Adam Smith was for progressive taxation. You're wrong about that. As Adam well. Smith was for. Did you read anything? Adam Smith is a progressive. Yeah, it's called the what, wealth of nations. A progressive taxation is the number two plank in the Communist Manifesto. Progressive taxation was book, described dude. as theft by by everybody, in, in including Adam Smith's book. He's for it. He was all for it. I, you're a hundred percent wrong. I think you've got the the jackets on the books wrong. mixed up. But you've proved Dude, to you us can that. that any moron can, that. can get a degree in economics from Northern University. I think whoever is going to Northern, you can Google it. Ooh, I can Google it. Can I Google it? How about you just read the Wealth of Nations, dummy? It doesn't say that progressive taxation is right. In fact, it calls it calls it exactly what it is: theft. Because what you're doing is taking the more. Most or more from people who are actually generating an economy. Not only was Adam Smith and Milton Friedman in the School of Austrian Economics, but everyone in general recognizes the only taxation a government should ever implement is a flat taxation. Otherwise, what happens is the Abe, um, Abe Pritzkers and the Joe Bidens come up with a tax scheme system that circumvents and avoids taxes. And you could even say, to a certain extent, the Donald Trumps take advantage of that system. See, when there's a flat tax system, then nobody is looking to take advantage of anything. They pay their taxes because it's a flat tax. Because a progressive tax is the number two plank in the Communist Manifesto for a very specific reason. It nationalizes business and it nationalizes wealth. I'm sorry, I can't believe He must have been lying because none of what he said is true. And anyone can look it up. And the minute you think that Milton Friedman 
is from Austria or that I was saying he was from Austria, you should Google it. <laughs> I tell you, you got to love Evanston. No wonder it's in such a such a major, vibrant upswing. Tom Cherville, how are you? Yeah, hi, Sean. Uh, I'll do my best with this, but from what I understand, um, income tax has only been around since 1913, and from my perspective, the, the best way – for the government to run, if we're going to have a government at all, is for it to run on consumption taxes, and there should be no income taxes at all. You're absolutely anybody. right. You're absolutely for everybody. Right. And you but know I, what? The, the, you could have a you could have a flat tax. Milton Friedman, ironically enough, in the Chicago Eighth and the, the Austrian School of Economics. I don't know why he doesn't like the Chicago School of Economics. It's only a handful of those Austrians, but they also came to the figure of sixteen percent. 16% could fund future spending, 16% can grow and pay down the debt. At that time, believe it or not, that was a problem when it was considered $80 billion. They flipped out. They considered the Goldwater, the Goldwater movement was because of $80 billion in debt. So this number has been, you know, it shows beyond the shadow of a doubt that you can run a government if, if you're not a government supremacist, which Ken is and most people in the North Shore and most Chicago Democrats are, are government supremacists. They believe that the government should be a venture capitalist. They promote Keynesianism and they bastardize it. John Maynard Keynes himself said only 3 to 5% of a GDP should ever be directed by a government. Because what John Maynard Keynes knew, and anybody who's ever read a book, you don't have to be a, an economist to know this, is that the government doesn't have money. It creates debt. And it redistributes taxes that it takes from the people. And, you know, it's funny, Tom, you're talking about uh, the, the income tax. Do you know it was directed only towards the 1% at that time? And it was mainly directed towards a guy by the name of Arthur Cutton, who was a genius. Arthur Cutton was a capitalist. And what he did for the economy is why you had such massive, massive growth in the 19th century. It isn't government. And the reason we were able to grow that way is because the government wasn't supposed to be superior to the citizen. It wasn't supposed to be part of the economy. It was supposed to be sit on the sideline and take what we gave it. But guys, yeah, like and a, re- a referee, guys like this and guys who believe that the government is 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 superior to people believe that the government should direct the economy. And that's why they have to lie about freedom and capitalism. And even even Adam Smith, who. You can, I rest assured, doesn't believe in a progressive tax, which was the real foundation of the Communist Manifesto. It's the number two plank. No capitalist believes in it. Everybody knows the only thing in this country to be restrained from money is the government, not the other way around. So thank you, Tom, for calling. I appreciate it very much. 312-642-5600. We'll be back. Now you're cooking. Chapter entitled Adam Smith's book of the sources of the general or public revenue of a society. Every person should pay in proation to the revenue that he or she enjoys as a result of the protection government provides. So this is the line that they interpret as a progressive tax, the people who want to bastardize Adam Smith. Now he has another sentence. You wouldn't believe how books go. They write a sentence, then they write another one. This means neither a head tax nor a graduated tax. That would be known as a progressive tax. But a flat tax. Taxes should be predictable, not arbitrary. Each person should know with certainty exactly how much he or she will pay given a certain level of their generated revenue and consumption. 
There should be no preferences, no abatements, no exceptions or biases. Boy, that sounds like everything we got. For or against selected taxpayers. Occupations or revenue sources. Taxes should be convenient to pay. The taxes should not be expensive. Do you imagine this? Can you imagine this? Taxes should not be expensive. You're talking to a group of people in the country that's supposedly built on capitalism and the free, freedom and property rights. Every earner pays 50%. If you're good at it, if you stink at it, you pay 32%. The tax should not skew or destroy incentives to work or invest. So let's think about that. Let's think about the idea that you're taxing people on investments they make after they pay your taxes, and it's called capital gains. You want to talk about an immoral tax. Let's talk about another immoral tax that the Marxists out there want, inheritance tax. That means I paid my income tax, I paid my capital gain tax, I paid my sales tax, and somehow I managed to put together money that I want to leave to my kids, the fruit of my loins, like J.B. Pritzker is the fruit of... Of his father's loins. I'm, I'm for him keeping all that money. His great... J.B. Pritzker can't make money. Where would he be without Grandpa Abe and his dad? This is the idea that money and you are owned by your government. That is the Democrat, Marxist, communist philosophy. That that money you generate is theirs. They're just letting you keep it. The, the, and, and Adam Smith is not the founder of capitalism. He recognized a system that incentivized progress, real progress and real growth. A system where all men were equal. See, before, when Adam Smith discussed it, kings were there. We call them oligarchs and politicians and Democrats now. And only they got to decide how the wealth and the money flowed and was distributed and who kept what. Kind of like government today and he said you can never actually have a society that thrives unless you recognize to incentivize a man he must profit that profit is to be determined by him not government not bureaucrats john maynard Keynes, the one that they say they promote he believed in only a five percent government controlled economy they even lie about that because what they believe is in Karl Marx and the principles of communism in the articulated redistribution of Fabianism, of socialism. And they lie about history. They lie about the present, but they never lie about their real incentive. And you could see it as they take joy when Donald Trump falls off the, the Forbes 400 or when you have to pay more than 50 percent. These are people built on hate and envy and covetous. That's how they thrive. They're not interested in what you should keep. They're interested in what they take. And that's why this system has to end. We're a capitalist country built on the principles of Americanism, which is property rights and freedom. It's time we reestablish that. I'll be back. Streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc. He's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, 
With personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. So to me, the beauty of capitalism is that there is property rights. I'm big on this. Even if I don't necessarily agree with whatever that business is or does or the people who own it, to me it's a larger issue, even in the case of Facebook. So when they had a whistleblower come out, I I had noticed long ago that when the government set the tone for too big to fail, it would soon set the tone for too big to be private, too big to exist without our control. I think that's what's happening when I see the Facebook whistleblower, but I don't know. It's not my arena of expertise. However, there are people out there like Adam Rizziari, I believe is how you say it. I'm half Italian. I think I got it right. Adam Rizziari co-founder and chief marketing officer with agency partner Interactive. Did I say it right, Adam? Pretty close. It's, it's, I always tell people, think about Lake Erie, Riz Erie. Riz Erie. Take it easy. My mother would be mad at me, but she's not here to correct me, so I needed you. Thank you, Adam. <laughs> I appreciate it. Hey, great to be with you, Sean. Hey, all good. All good. Sean's my brother's name. You're like a brother to me. Let's do it. See, I love it. I love it. So here's the thing. I, I um. I want you to kind of help me with this Facebook thing that's going on, because I believe that a private company, a private business is able to run their business, set their prices at any damn thing they want. Now, I'm starting to learn I'm old fashioned. Well, you're not you're not too far off. But here's the question, though. Is Facebook really operating like most private companies that you know of? You know, I, I own a small business. And I'll tell you what, I definitely do not take orders or directives from uh, from Jen Psaki or the, or the White House. But it does seem that Facebook has these daily misinformation briefings, quote unquote misinformation, uh, with the Biden administration. So, you know, when it seems that these big tech companies, Google, Twitter, Facebook, are starting to take their marching orders in terms of how they operate their businesses, how they make content decisions on literally a daily basis, I mean – at a certain point, they're no longer acting like a private company, but they're actually acting like an extension of the government, at which point when it comes to making decisions to, Sean, potentially shut you down and not let you say things that are free and fair. And which no they did. Or, and, and, and me as well. Me yeah. as well, right? They shut me down on YouTube. They shut me down on Vimeo. Uh, same stuff that you could say publicly and freely on the radio. But uh, if, if it happens to be something that's counter to their narrative and what they want to hear – then all of a sudden they are, they're quick to violate your First Amendment rights and mine alike and quite simply suspend us from their platforms. Not so, very fair, is it? No, but this is why I wanted to have you on because I, 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 you know, I'm of two minds, right? I'm a capitalist, private property, it's theirs. You know, go play. Now, here's where I don't, what I don't like. They've obviously colluded with the government to create the lack of competition to ensure the lack of competition and therefore have become a propaganda wing for not just the government, but what I view as the most fascistic, the most corrupted, the most socialist Marxist wing of the government. And at this point, I agree there needs to be some intervention. But do we really want to cheer when it looks like those people that I describe in our government, the people who I view as Marxist, as socialist, as fascistic, are literally advertising to me that they are going to use the testimony of a woman who has ties and has been a contributor to the AOCs, the most dangerous wing of the Democrat Party. To I'm then, so glad you said that. To then what? I'm so Seize glad it? You said that. 
You know, are they going to seize know, it? Well, here's here's the crazy thing, right? Because because you're, you're really onto something, and everything that this whistleblower, thing, you know, before before our elected officials, they're all cheering for her, they're all clapping for her, they're very excited about what she's saying. She didn't actually introduce any sort of new information to the table here. She just validated things that we already knew. And then when you when you look at who is supporting her and who's actually controlling what she's saying, you know, think about this. She's represented by Jim Psaki's PR firm, the same one that was founded by a former Obama aide named Bill Burton. She's represented by Eric Sharamella's legal team, the same one that basically helped him navigate the the bogus uh, the bogus Adam Schiff whistleblower that didn't really exist, yeah. uh, specific to that phone call between Trump and Ukraine's president. So kind of considering that, you know, what's really going on here? here here's the thing, right? So you have... You have Frances Haugen, this whistleblower from Facebook. Her biggest problem is the fact that Facebook doesn't censor enough, right? And, and, and so when you think about what's going on here, you know, and think about the other side of the argument, well, our problem is, is that conservatives are being targeted and censored unfairly. So, you know, thinking about kind of what's happened here, you have this huge story that took place, and it's just it's – a, it's, a, it's a Democrat run operation to control the future of big tech and to kind of navigate what reform might look like, whether it's uh, reform to Section 230, whether it's uh, updating privacy laws, antitrust reform, things like that. I mean, they're really trying to control what that crystal ball is going to to, to tell us all. I think uh, I, I can never stand. I've never seen the movie of uh, Zuckerberg, but I know the story because I remember when it first came out. Obviously, he's a shifty son of a gun who stole the idea and screwed the two brothers and then he had to pay him a hundred. So I don't like him. I don't partake in it. I never really went on there other than to see if girls I dated got fat. That's the main reason I used Facebook, <laughs> right? I mean, I'm one of them guys. So it, it didn't matter to me. However, I don't want to take glee, even though I should be, that he welcomed Dracula into his house and now it's going to suck the blood, blood out of his neck. And by Dracula, I mean the Democrats. Because to me, what it looks like, Adam, is that they are going to say this company needs to be nationalized. Do you think I'm far off? Even though he deserves it, the rat. I still don't want to see it. What do you think? Well, you're not really far off, especially, too, when you look at kind of what's happened with Facebook around the world. I mean, what's going on in Australia is just a total, total devastation. Australia literally controls the content that runs through Facebook from a, from a news source and journalistic perspective. You can literally not publish news content uh, on, on Facebook in Australia without getting basically this, this seal of affirmation, this, this kind of <laughs> thumbs up from a third-party oversight board that's literally controlled by the government. So, yeah, you're really not far off, and that's a really scary reality to kind of come to terms with. We need the Internet to be more free and more fair. Exactly. It really just be a true town hall for public conversation. Literally, Sean, you should be able to do the same thing on the sidewalk in terms of holding up a, maybe a poster or something or just shouting something through a megaphone. You should be able to do that on Facebook as well. But, but so far what we're seeing is really just quite the opposite of that. And that's what I loved about it. Adam, I remember, you know, I'm old enough to remember when it first came on. I got all involved. I was buying domain names. I've invested and lost a, sh- uh, a ton of money on uh, on websites. I did all that stuff, but I always loved the idea that it was supposed to be unmolested. However, Adam, this leads me to my next culprit of corruption, and I wanted to love him. I did. I, at Google, I was all in in the beginning, and then I watched as they corrupted my very beloved Wild West Internet. They pretty much own everything, don't they? Uh, without a doubt. I mean, Google is so powerful, and you know, they, 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 they really kind of gather their power by just controlling vast amounts of data. And, you know, if you think about just all the companies that they buy over time, 
I mean, Google owns so much. They own Android phones. You know, that controls half of the mobile market. Uh, they own the Chrome uh, search browser. They have obviously the G Suite that supports a lot of businesses. Google controls 90% of the search market. You know, it's such a powerful company that when you go to search something, well, if if you don't, if Google doesn't like what you're searching for, they may or may not choose to serve you that content. Um, there was, you know, we, we've seen this with Microsoft too. And so Google's not just by itself, but it's really all of big tech. There was a there was a little glitch in Microsoft's platform, or they claim it was a glitch where you could search for Tiananmen Square uh, Massacre tank guy, and he wouldn't show up, which, of course, the Tiananmen Square Massacre is a big deal that happened in our history, yeah. in China's history. And so they were saying, oh, sorry, that was a glitch. That's just, that's just indicative of the people that are behind the scenes here. You have the same thing going on at Google, right? And Google is in bed with, with the Chinese Communist Party's AI research teams that, by the way, are actually a part of the Chinese military. So, you know, I think when it comes to big tech's leadership, they have to choose their allegiances very wisely here. Are they, are they American companies that are America, or are they globalist countries? Are they globalist companies uh, that want to try and, and, and do business maybe with some of the world's, uh, the worst of the world, I guess you might say? Why is there such a lack of, of, an, of an attempt by people like me and capitalists to put up a, an alternative to this, or or have they successfully worked well, hand in glove thing, right? with with the government? Have they successfully done it where it can never have competition? In your opinion, we were we were so close to seeing one of the biggest up and coming competitors to Twitter in particular. Uh, of course, you remember Parler, right? Sure, the, the I got it on my phone still. Par- yeah, great, great, and it, 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 it's trying to come come back, but man, they were dealt a serious blow. The week after they were number one on the App Store, both in Google and uh, for iOS, the week after that, literally on a Monday, they were they were literally shut down by Amazon, Google, and Apple. Amazon denied their ability to actually host the actual application itself, and of course, Google and Apple stopped the ability for users to update the or upload the app to their phones. So, seeing how this happened and understanding why it happened, well, just just the month before Parler was taken down, Twitter and Amazon signed a very lucrative multi-year hosting deal. So go figure there. You see big tech establishment, Amazon and Twitter signing a really, really lucrative deal. And then their friends over at Google and Apple kind of joining the party and saying, you know what, guys, we see this competitor that's coming into the market. The first big competitor that might actually throw Twitter off of its little throne there. Um, Dorsey looking like a. Oh, like can't a stand uh, I can't stand it. Like Cass- he looks like Castaway, right? Like, he does. Uh, like Castaway. <laughs> so, so you see what's going on there. And, and, and really, what do you think about the other up-and-coming up competitors, right? There's uh, DuckDuckGo in terms of, of search. That's a big competitor that uh, really has a, a huge upward battle. It's, it's just a, it, it, it's a big struggle there. And I think a lot of that has to go down to anti-competitive practices. Adam, I like to workshop things with my guests. I know this is not your normal interview, but I got an idea. I'm watching this guy at Tesla. And uh, he's an interesting cat when you really take a look at him. You see he made his money in PayPal originally, right? Musk, I'm talking about talking Musk. Musk, yeah. yeah right? so Musk is, is brilliant. Uh, I think you might be talking about uh, Peter Thiel there, right? Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but here's the Elon thing. Musk is actually coming to Texas. So that's what I wanted to tell you. I just read. He's moving everything from California to Texas. It's official. He's kind of a wild card with the cyber currency. He likes it, yada, yada, yada. He's got the name. He's got the satellites, which is key. Why doesn't a capitalist such as yourself, say me and you, 
see how I cut myself in because I am a capitalist. We <laughs> approach Musk and we say, look, do you really like the idea that these two companies, these maybe four companies run everything? You got the name. You got robots now. You got everything. What do you say you add a little competition? Isn't that the best way to combat this corporatist bastardization of freedom and the Internet that's happened over the last 12 years? You know, when it comes to competing against these these big forces in the market, I mean, you definitely, you know, you can't bring a knife to a gunfire, right? So, so calling in somebody like Elon Musk is really not a bad idea. See, really Adam, this is how it. businesses and billionaires are born, kid. I really want to be a billionaire. I got quite the spending habit. <laughs> Me too. Me too. <laughs> but, but not only that, you know, when it comes to disrupting the social media side of things, that's frankly where President Trump could do quite a bit. I mean, Trump's following on Twitter and Facebook alone is massive. You know, he had more followers on Twitter than there are U.S. users on Twitter uh, before he was permanently suspended by by uh, the castaway. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the castaway yeah exactly. Boy, they successfully you know, so, attacked that guy. Huh? They deplatformed. He's oh. a president. They wiped him off the face of, of media, basically. Well, We'll consider this very strategic. Also, Facebook is not allowing him back until after the 2022 midterms. I mean, what's going on there? We're trying to keep one of the most influential figures in American politics out of being able to influence the electorate coming up to the midterms. That's a huge problem. I mean, this is what, this is what happens in totalitarian socialist societies. Yeah. We've already seen Facebook be weaponized to uh, to actually promote and support genocide in countries like Myanmar. Yep. So when you realize just how powerful these tools are, they're huge. So, yeah, I would love to see major disruption throughout big tech, social media as well. I mean, frankly, we need more competition in the market. Uh, we do need more viable options. It's very, very hard for any sort of up-and-comer just by themselves to... I know, you know Adam. I, tr- I threw a lot of money at this kid. I tried the capitalistunion.com. I wanted to unionize capitalists where there were no dues, just a like-minded idea. Take a look at this site. It's still up there, my new partner. What do you say? Let's see here. What is it, Unionist Capitalist? Capitalist Union. you got to remember the name. This is a good name, Capitalist Union. CapitalistUnion.com. All right. That's going to be a thing here. See, you thought this was an interview. We're my new partner. His name is Adam Rizzieri. I think I did it right. Co-founder and chief marketing officer with Agencies Partner Interactive. Thank you so much for coming on. Please come on again so that we can keep not just America free, but the Internet. Thank you so much. Sean, thank you, sir. I appreciate you very much. 312-642-5600. We'll be back. I've seen fire and I've seen rain. Oh, I like that song. We've already got people calling for the Friday features with Sean. Right, that's next segment. I thought this was a good one. I thought the Facebook was a good one. I thought it was a good idea to discuss the competition. I always think there's optimism because I always think that capitalism and freedom and liberty are the way to cure this corrupt socialist Fabian society we have. No, I do. That's why I came up with years ago that was. I was really, I was uh, Dick Durbin on that one, premature. Um, But the capitalist union. I thought would be a way because I think the only answer is to separate ourselves. I'm that serious about this. It's a cancer. The greed of the socialist cannot be satisfied. It's insatiable. And the more you commingle with their ideas, with their schemes, with their systems, the more of your freedom and your liberty and yourself get dragged into that quagmire, that, that quicksand of socialism. So to me, the only way to combat it 
is to separate. It's really that simple. Think about this. What if all of our taxes went for our benefits? We took our welfare people and we, we paid our taxes for them. How many? Okay, the Republicans are over here. I say let the socialists, the Marxists, the communists fail on their own because we don't have enough to keep them satisfied. We really don't. And the health care thing? Let me tell you something about the health care. It, it, you can never. These are people that think pizza is an appetizer, like Pritzka. I, I got to cover their health care. Look at humanity. Take a look at a Democrat parade. You want to pay for their health care? You got drug addicts and crazies and fatsos walking around. You know who I want to partner with? I want to partner like with a guy like this. I don't know if anybody saw this in New Jersey. Nine stories. Nine. Somehow he jumps off the building. Nine stories. He lands on a BMW. And guess what? This son of a gun lives. That's him groaning. This is not a movie. Oh, he's sure he's hurt. Listen to him howling. Stop moving the ambulance in nine stories. You know how high that is? Lands on a BMW like a movie. He broke his arm. I'll pay that guy's insurance. All right, he can be in the pool. See, that's how you survive. You come amongst yourselves. You get together amongst yourself. Because if nine stories doesn't kill this son of a gun landing on a BMW, coronavirus, he could brush his teeth with it. That's the guy whose health care I want. I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm crazy that way. Don Bloomingdale. Hey, Sean. You know, the the guy you just had on that you were interviewing, uh, you, you guys both hit it right on the head. The only thing that's going to save capitalism is a guy like Musk who realizes that the only way to make money is an honest way and the government's not your friend. I was just down in Austin and I just passed his facility that he's building. He wants the thing done in a year and he's well underway. It's five and a half million square feet under one roof. It's unbelievable. <laughs> five and a half unbel- million. Five and a half million square. Sean, th- there's a highway that runs right out of the airport. He's right next to Austin airport where my son works. He, th- there's a highway that runs right next to it coming out of the airport. They dug a four-lane road underneath the highway without interrupting traffic uh, just for the parking lot for the employees on the other side of the highway. It's phenomenal. And you know what, I, what is and a good sign, Don? What's a good sign is that he recognized he was being abused in California. Absolutely. So right, he goes to Texas. So right there is an indication and, 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 and that he's at least a capitalist, right? Because I'll tell you what, I was touch and go with him because he used government credits. And if you I read agree. if you read some of what he read, he basically said, you know, I took it. I took advantage of the direction they were already going. I mean, I've, I've read his rebuttal to the, hey, you're a subsidized company. And it's it's interesting from his take. And now if you see his his views on the on the dollar and he's stating, if you can print up as much as you want by a bunch of politicians, why would I want to be invested in it? And he was one of the original who got involved in the, in Bitcoin and the other ones. So if you look right. at it from that standpoint, he does have the power because here's the other thing. They have a monopoly on the satellites, but Musk already yeah. has those satellites. So you could cultivate one of them to, to grab and, and pay homage to the system that made them billionaires. You can take away the ones who are working hand in glove with communist countries like China, because to me, Google's already too far gone. Too far gone. I don't use it. I use DuckDuckGo. You know, as I was talking, a very good friend of mine, he's like, it's already. But I, I know it is. But you're going to have to change the mind of the kids behind us, not the people our age. 
So I think Correct. that that capitalism will always win out, Don. I'm optimistic like you. And uh, by the way, um, if you if I ever need directions, I'm calling you for me. Got a deal? <laughs> you got it, Thank buddy. You. I want to go see five and a half million square feet on their roof. That's insanity. That, I got to love that. That's what capitalism builds. Granted, the government has buildings, too. And we'll even talk about uh, some that specialize or, or show up in movies. Because next, Friday Features with me. We'll do all the Area 51. There's a lot of square feet underground there, too. 312-642-5600. Let's all go to the live. Let's go to the movie. It's time for Friday Features with Sean. And now, on with the show. I had an unusual week with movies. I love a movie that I haven't seen in years and years and years. It's called The Jericho Mile. It's phenomenal. Peter Strauss. I watched it again. My wife went to bed. I wanted to smoke a cigar. I, you know, I, I have uh, the internet TV outside. I watched it on YouTube. You can get it on YouTube. It's free. I, I absolutely loved it. I also watched the Chappelle special. Yeah, good. Good. And, you know, in it, here's the problem I have. In it, he kind of discloses that he's a Democrat. And at that point, I was like, eh, I don't really like it anymore. That's to the point I've become inside. I don't even want to watch Democrats. I don't want to be around them. I don't want to watch them. I don't want them near me. I don't want them in my house. Uh, the Last Days of the USSR. Excellent documentary. Excellent. Um, on in, on Prime. Phenomenal. Um, also really watched Little Big Man for the fifth time. Dustin Hoffman, you ever see that movie, kid? You're too young for that. Do yourself a favor and watch it. It's Really, really good. Uh, that's what I did. Now, what did you do? Three one two. I actually, I can't believe it. It's, it's Friday features with John. I have one line open. Three one two six four two fifty six hundred. Don't let that line go empty here. Megan Orland Park. Hi, Sean. Um, so I love this segment. Um, okay. And every Friday, I write down all the movies that people recommend. So I've got a long list. Um, the movie I have for you came out in 2002. It won the Venice Film Festival Award, and it's called The Magdalene Sisters. I'll spell that for you. It's M-A-G-D-A-L-E-N-E. And are you familiar with it at all? I am not, and I'm writing it down, too, and I'm glad you spelled it for me because Misty screwed it all up. Go ahead. Oh, I... I... (laughs) So anyhow, um, I've probably seen this movie about six times. It is... So Six good. times. It's based on truth. You know, yeah, I got a, I got a dear friend a of mine. Movie. I got a dear friend of mine who used to watch movies over and over and over again. He's a wonderful kid. His name's Joe Villa, and he's locked up in a nut house now. Don't watch movies more than, say, six times. <laughs> All right? Um, so, How about a documentary? So, well, let me tell you a little bit about the movie. All um, right. Go ahead. The she movie really likes this is movie. based on truth. Right. Based on truth. And it went on for many, many decades. And what they used to do in Ireland is when these girls, and it went all the way through the 80s, when these girls would get pregnant, their families would send them to this nunnery where they would do like hard labor, like laundry. And some of them were in there for life. One girl, um, one girl just looked at a boy in an orphanage, funny, and, um, you know, lifted her skirt or something like that. She went there for life. So, um, incredible Incredible movie. I highly recommend it. Does explain, it does explain. Um, and this was in Ireland? In Ireland, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. does explain the look on all the Irish guys' faces that I know, though. Thank you very much. 
I appreciate You're the welcome. movie. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye. Teresa, Crystal Lake. Hi, Sean. Can you hear me? I could hear you. Beautiful. Wonderful. Um, so my movie I've been meaning to call for a long time is te- uh, 11 Did you ever see it? I never. It's, it's I never ba- it is a, it's a mini series and it's phenomenal. It's 11 Yeah. So it's got to, obviously, it has to do with JFK. Uh, yep. Guy goes, it's James Franco. He goes back in time and he tries to stop the assassination. It's an eight-part miniseries. Now, you may know him as, I'm looking on the screen because Misty Callahan gave me a cheat sheet. You may know him as Stephen King. I know him as Stefan King. Now, you're saying this was very good? You're more sophisticated than I. No, no, no. I'm kidding. It was was excellent. It was excellent. I watched it twice, and I never watched anything twice. And the ending has a really nice, has a nice little romantic twist at the end. Oh, I love romance, especially on the weekend, Um, and especially in October. Something about this season really tweaks everybody up. What about a documentary? Yeah, and then... Documentary. I'm. I'm. I don't. I don't watch a lot of documentaries. I, I like to have them act that out. So there's. There's one uh, based on a true story, The Courier. Oh yes. Um, it's there's a two, yeah. There's a 2019 version. That's not the one. The more recent one. It's 2020. It's really excellent. Um, and it's based on. It's how they found out. That's. It's how Kennedy found out the information about what Cuba was doing. You got a little bit of a Kennedy thing. Got, I can't help but notice, Teresa, you got a little bit of a Kennedy thing, right? Am I, uh, yeah. I guess. I guess. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So he go, they, they, they couple up. As he was a British businessman and because they couldn't get spies into the, yeah. um, into the Soviet Union. And that's how they got the information. I'm going to watch them both. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Wonderful. I do have a sore spot with the Kennedys, though. You know, the whole reason I'm... I mean, I, don't get me wrong, I love being married, but I'll, I'll never forget, I was dating my wife and John F. Kennedy Jr. She had a big crush on this kid. Uh, terrible pilot. So right after he hits the water, she says, well, what do you think? We could should get married for a couple of years, try it. I said, all right, we'll do that. But, you know, without Kennedy doing that, who knows? I might have been dating like crazy. Corey Woodlawn. One of my best movies is Serpico. I mean, uh, uh, <laughs> or as he's known in Melrose Park as Serpico. Yes, I got it. Serpico. Al Pacino did a great job of locking this guy up when he grabs this guy that's corrupt and he's been basically padding the pockets of his other political uh, police friends. He goes off. That scene is the best scene. Corey, it is a phenomenal movie. I, it's it really, it is one of my favorites. And I have, you know, obviously I love it. I even like the look of Al Pacino in it. I mean, I remember when I was young, I tried to grow the beard when I had hair, a little, not the bald spot in back. I grew the hair the whole nine yards. But did you ever see the documentary that was released two years ago on the real Serpico? And, you know, after seeing that movie, I was so depressed. I didn't, that movie. <laughs> it was, is depressing. I could, I, it's very depressing yeah. what happened to, to that guy. Because you and realize my, uh, the whole damn system was corrupted, kind of like Chicago today. Very like Chicago yeah. today. And my documentary is uh, officially is Ken Burns, New York. Unofficially is Loose Change. Oh, I'm going to watch the Ken Burns, New York. All right. Loose Thanks, Change. Bro. Why do I think I saw this? Is this an old uh, about the schools? What is this? Uh, no, it's about 9-11. Oh, yes, yes, my, yes, yes. It's my unofficial one. I hear you. Unofficially. Unofficially is, it, it's Ken Burns, New York. I appreciate it. Corey, thanks for calling. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the recommendations. I will take you up on them. Mark, what happened to Mark? Did I just erase Mark, too? He hang up on me. 
Mark, you hung up, you big jerk. It's a big segment. You hung up. Dave Wheaton. Yeah, I switched them. That's my fault, Mark. Didn't mean to call you a jerk. Who are you calling a jerk? I, 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 it fits you. <laughs> Go ahead, jerky. It's it's a, it's appropriate. The uh, Halloween movie, um, no blood, no gore, no CGI. When there's horrible things that happen, good acting. The other, young John Ritter came out in '72. Really, the good. other. I, I never saw that. Classic movies. I. It's called the other. All right. And once again. No, it doesn't rely on any of the like gore and all this stuff. It's you do you do pick good movies. I'm going to watch it. Thank you very Thank much. You. I appreciate it. All right, I got to go to break, and I'm going to take Mark first because I uh, mistakenly called him a jerk. You're not a jerk. The other guy was a jerky. You're not a jerk. Three one two six four two fifty six hundred. I do like this segment, Misty Callahan creation. She deserves all the credit. She really does. Um. And it's a nice way to end on a Friday, because now we all have something to do. Because you're not going to want to watch the news, these Democrats, these liars, these scoundrels, the failure. Watch a movie. Watch a documentary. It's better for everybody. All right, and we don't have much time. Stephen Gurney. Hey, Sean. Yes, buddy. Hey, I got a great movie for you. I've been meaning to call you for three weeks. You've been talking about abortion. This is called October Baby. All right. Yes. And it's a, it's a Christian movie, but it's good. It's about... Uh, uh, you mean it's about not killing the baby? And, Is that all I need to know? That's pretty well, much all I need to know. No, she she finds out that she's an abortion survivor. Oh. And then she seeks out her birth mother to confront her. You know, man, she oh, goes, man. She's, she's like that guy that jumped nine and, stories, landed on a BMW, and walked away. How do you survive these things? Oh, It's very interesting. Man, and then it has, so, it has such good twists and turns. You all know, right. She... Oh, don't I, I hate she, to she cut you short, them. but I got to get to everybody. Steve, don't be mad at me. Thank you for calling Mark in Lamont. I want to get to everybody. Come on. Hey, Sean, how you doing? Good brother. You're the coolest. Let me tell you a real good movie uh, from the early eighties. The verdict with Paul Newman. One of my favorites, brother. Absolutely love Paul Great Newman. Movie. He's like Burt Reynolds. I could watch him in anything. Phenomenal. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. A lot of people listen to this. Jake in Wisconsin. My nephew's name. Every time I say the name Jake, I think of my nephew. Thank you, Jake. Thank you, Jake. Yeah, no problem. Burt Reynolds movie, if you want to watch a great one, if you haven't seen it, is Sharky's. Oh, it's my favorite. It's the first thing I bought. Rachel Ward is the hottest. If I ever meet a lookalike to Rachel Ward, I told my wife, that's it. Papers are in. Because that's, she's stunning. But go ahead. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so the documentary that I wanted to suggest is, if you haven't seen it, Riddle. Um, it's on Fox Nation with Eric Sean, and it's the four-part search for Jimmy Hoffa's remains, and it's tying a bunch of the loose ends together on his murder and disappearance. I did not see it, but I am going to watch it. Thank you for that. And I truly every time it. I every time I watch it, I am more convinced that that Hoffa and JFK's assassinations were were linked somehow. Uh huh. And I got a sneaky uh-huh. suspicion it comes back through Ruby and Chicago. You see where they're going. Thank you very much. That's conspiracy Monday, though, but. It, it's not a conspiracy if it's true. Uh-huh. Candace, Mount Pleasant, Wisconsin. Hello, crazy. Hi. Okay, one, two two documentaries are excellent. Silence Patton, like General Patton. Ooh, you know what? Okay, my so best friend told me about this. So He's like, you got to watch it. Yeah. Oh, my God. Everybody has to see it. It's on um, Amazon Prime. The other one is also on Amazon Prime, and that is called Titanic, The Shocking Truth, about how they switched out two identical ships. Let me ask you a question. Now, I know you're living up there in Wisconsin land. 
Do you ever just miss the cigar store? Tell the truth. <laughs> yes, you do. Uh, I know you do. No. Yes, you do. Liar. Peter on 290. She used to stop in the cigar store. She's got these two dogs. She's the nicest person in the world. And she's the she's the best. But go ahead. Hey, how are you? Good, brother. Um, so four-part movies uh, called Ip Man, uh, mar- martial arts movies. I don't, I don't know I've seen it. I am into that stuff. I saw it. I almost clicked on it, and I didn't. Listen, don't be mad at me, yeah. Peter. I got 20 seconds. I got to go to Kevin. Don't be mad, brother. Thank you. Kevin, come on. Get it in. Hey, Sean, the crazies and uh, the uh, uh, documentary, it's a book called Apocalypse Never. Just a documentary. Love it. Thank you for listening. We'll be back on Monday. Have a great weekend. No Democrats. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.